The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. And welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives with right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You could think of us as the snow and ice of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be a part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who would, would love a respite from this ridiculous winter as much as I would. Josh, how are you doing? I'm cold. <laughs> as you're like we're over winter at this point right like we can just be done with it you know it could have been worse like it's we didn't true get, we didn't get dumped in snow like we did the last year or two years ago i don't even remember now both years but yeah it's gonna be again for us it's gonna be uh, negative wind chills again tomorrow and then Tomorrow night, which will be the previous night when you listen to this, we are getting more snow into Thursday morning. So we have to deal with probably another day is school canceled and all that fun stuff. So, yeah, I'm sick of it. And people shouldn't base their weather off of a rodent. It shouldn't be done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I haven't worked a full week of work yet since January started That's because insane. we've had someday canceled somewhere every week if not multiple days each week so we have yet to work a full week because of snow or ice or freezing rain or something like that and you know through december like christmas was brown here there was no snow on the ground on christmas here like it was that dreary gross fall that's like wow fall's not very pretty because like everything just looks dead and the grass is dead and there's no leaves on the trees it was not attractive and then january happened and apparently now like i have so much snow if i have to snow blow again like i don't know where it's gonna go <laughs> yep like Never. i have no place to put it <laughs> yeah well i mean we 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 chose to live in these climates i guess so i did i've had that conversation with my wife multiple times she may or may not have inquired into jobs in warmer states <laughs> <laughs> Because if we're moving again, it's, she's the one who's going to have to be making the big bucks because it won't be me. So, uh, well, yeah. we can just win the lottery. I know. I keep trying. That seems like a really good plan until it doesn't happen, you know? I'll tell you, I'll take you with me if I win, if you do the same. <laughs> where, where, it depends where we're we going. Wherever, really. I mean, <laughs> as long as we're financially taking care of each other, that's I don't true. care where it is. That's very true. That's very true. <laughs> it could be cold I, every day forever. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't care. I also, uh, I'd be down with that. I will say this weekend I was supposed to go to, I have a one-year-old, now one-year-old niece, and I was supposed to go to her first birthday party this weekend up in Minnesota. But on Friday, I finally told, you know, texted my sister and I was like, yeah, I'm just, it's not going to happen. There's just no way that I'm going to make it, you know, like I can probably get up there, but I don't know if I'll be able to get home, you know, in time for quote unquote, like for work on Monday and everything else. And I had some things that were pretty important on work on Monday, but you know, I was like, well, whatever. So I didn't go. 
And it was lucky because they closed the interstate. Oof. So I wouldn't have been able to get back because on Sunday, they ended up closing the interstate. They didn't open it until 5 p.m. Monday. But yes. they closed. I mean, work got canceled on Monday. So I probably could have gone like and it would have been OK because I didn't end up having to go to work. Uh, but then I had to do like snow removal and all that other good stuff. But yeah, at one point on Sunday, probably 80 percent of the state of Iowa was under a no travel advisory. Wow. Because everything was just like in horrible shape, just white out, like because it stopped snowing, but the winds were 45 miles an hour. So yeah. they had pulled all the plows off the roads, like nothing was happening. And, you know, as someone who has lived in the, the great white north their entire life, this is really getting old. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I bet. So, but hey, you know what? This isn't Josh. Um, a meteorological podcast. I was gonna say a weather podcast, but you go ahead and use those big college <laughs> words. It's my college uh, word, yeah. For the day. <laughs> That's right. This is a gaming podcast. So, hey, thank you so much for joining us this week. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, suggested topics, hit us up at board with VG on Twitter or check out all those wonderful, awesome things Josh is posting over on the Instagram, also board with VG. As I said at the top, we are a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network, and PSVG is on Patreon. And we're thrilled with the support you have given us over there. And if you'd like to monetarily support what we are doing, you can find us at patreon.com slash PSVG. However, the most important thing is just that you listen and maybe share our podcast with someone else you think who might enjoy them. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network. So if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board game you play, there's a podcast on the network for you. So, Josh, that is enough of the housekeeping. We're going to jump into some board game news. But before we do, I want to ask you a quick question. Yes. Have you been to Dicetowernews.com lately? It's a fine lately. (laughs) In the last week or so. Yeah. Yeah. Josh, it hasn't been updated in like a week. Really? Yeah. The story, the dates for the stories on there are all older. And now I'm a little sad and worried about what's going on. Like, I don't remember because every once in a while they'll like take like time off ish kind of because, you know, oh. and I don't remember anyone saying anything, which is very possible that I missed that could have 100% happened. But like the stories on there are a little bit older and I was kind of so now I'm kind of worried about all the, the great yeah. brethren who who post over there. They so. I know they're preparing for Dice Tower West. Right. So I didn't know if something like that was pulling people away or what the deal was. Could be. But yeah, I, I didn't um I didn't notice. That's crazy. Well But hey, there's still some great there's still some really important <laughs> stuff on there and some great stuff on there. So uh Josh, why don't you take us through some of those hot, hot board game news stories? Yeah, let's start with the first story, which is uh <laughs> Here's another college word. <laughs> it's a germane to my situation. <laughs> wow, look uh, at um, you go. <laughs> uh, so Evolution, the video game, has been released on all platforms. Um, and uh, I have it on my phone. I've been playing it a bunch. Uh, and I'll tell you why I've been playing it. Well, there's no... I mean, I like to win free stuff. I already own the game. We bought it at PAX Unplugged because uh, my wife has wanted it forever. However, it is free to download, and if you don't own it, you could win it, uh, which is exciting. So it's on Steam, iOS, and Android. And all you have to do is uh, the free trial lets you play one game online per 24 hours um, per day, but it starts to clock as soon as your game is over. So uh, all you have to do is log a play 
uh, in the game. Make sure you register so you have a username and an email because that's how they notify you. If you have one, um, they'll just send you an email uh, telling you like, hey, you won. They do 10 free copies a day uh, of the physical edition. Uh, you can find it on their uh, Facebook if you look up North Star Games or Evolution Game on Facebook. They'll give you a list every day of the winners just in case you miss it in like your spam folder. Just gives like the usernames. Um, and yeah, uh, it's a game that the first time I played it was this digital version. Um, my wife played it while I was interviewing Yellow and Renegade at Pax Unplugged. So we still haven't played the physical version of the game, but we had bought it two nights previously. Well, she won it at an, a silent auction, so we technically bought it. Um, but the game's pretty fun. Uh, the basic idea of the game is you are um, creating an evolving species and uh, f- basically fighting for survival, not always literally, but sometimes. You're trying to eat food uh, uh, represented by the watering hole, which is where uh, up to four, three other players will be around while you're playing. And you put character traits on your species that uh, make them stronger or uh, make them support their neighbors. Uh, you also create carnivores who eat other creatures, and you create your creatures can um, get bigger in size and defense as well as you're playing. So um, it's definitely uh, the app, at least, is fun, uh, challenging. I still haven't mastered playing a carnivore. It's way easier playing a herbivore. Um, and the best I've done is second place, and uh, what I most commonly get is fourth place, but <laughs> a lot. Um, but it's real fun, and I'd say for free, uh, everyone listening should check it out because you could also win a free game. What do you think? Have you played it? Have you played the board game? Have you played the app? So this is a game that has been on my radar for a long time, and I have not played it yet. I have downloaded the app, but I have not started playing it yet. But number one, to back up really briefly, I think this is a really cool way to get people into your game both ways, right? To market your app now and also to get your physical game in the hands of people who might not have otherwise purchased your game. Now, I'm guessing a lot of the early adopters are probably people a little more tuned in to board games. I could be wrong, but that would be my guess. Um, But I think this is a kind of a really cool way to to engage your community and hopefully make the board game more prevalent as well. Now, I have to ask you, when you bought the app or when you downloaded the app for free, since it's technically free to download, hmm. how did you go about finding it? In the app store? Yeah. Just typed evolution. So when I did you have the same thing happen to you that happened to me when you type in evolution in the app store? For me, it was the first thing that came right up. Really? Okay. So I typed in, <laughs> I type in evolution because this happened when I got it and I wanted to see if it would happen again. And it totally did. Um, other than like this. Do you so have an anyway. iPhone? Yes. Let me try it again. So here's what came up when you type in evolution into the uh, search in the, in the um, store. Here oh. is what you get. Maybe Evol- I typed in board game. Oh, I did click on board game first. I just went straight to search and then There's typed a in a lot evolution. of other evolution games. Yeah. <laughs> evolution galaxy, dragon evolution, turtle evolution, unicorn evolution, dino evolution, giraffe evolution, cat evolution, penguin evolution, zombie evolution, chicken evolution, cow evolution, dog evolution, goat evolution, shark evolution, platypus evolution, chameleon evolution, pig evolution, panda evolution, rabbit evolution, zebra evolution, monkey evolution, 
octopus evolution. Pause, pause, pause. evolution. Wait, everyone you said was they're all free. Everyone you said has been five stars except for Fox Evolution. I know it's two and a half. I don't know what the deal <laughs> is. But then there's robot, birds, dolphin, and then my derp, <laughs> epic party clicker, goat up mountain game or something, dino quest, puppy dog clicker, which got my attention. My Virtual Rabbit, Candy Minion, Don't Tap the Glass, remember that one, My mm. Taps Coloring Book, Idle Kingdom, Tiny Farm Planet, Dog Evolution, Pig Evolution, then Evolution the Video Game. But it, but Evolution the Video Game beat out Elephant Evolution. It so did, it did. It's a big win. It is a big win. So, <laughs> um, and then like three or four more down from that is Crossy Road. <laughs> so And Homo Evolution. Yeah, so... I never knew of this whole suite of, of like mutant. Well, now you like, learned about new games. I know Fox Evolution, Octa, <laughs> like what are these? And it's funny too because like Monkey Evolution, like the little title under it is like role playing, and Zebra says strategy, but then Fox Evolution says mutant foxes clicker game. Well, we gotta try them all, Kyle. I know this is really interesting. It I'll makes, do half, you do half. Okay, it makes me very. <laughs> I kind of want to download one of these now and see what they are. So. I might have to try that. I'm thinking maybe Turtle Evolution. We'll see what happens. But don't. The long story and short of that is, don't give up. If you try to search just Evolution on the App Store, it's going to take you a while to find the game. Just so keep on going. Keep on going and <laughs> laugh like I did as I went through all these games I had no idea existed and got eventually to Evolution. But yeah, I'm excited about this. I it is downloaded. I will be playing it. With the hopes to eventually win a free copy. If that doesn't happen, you know what? That's cool. Uh, I still have a lot to play this game, so I am happy to jump in and give it a whirl in this format. Nice. I'm sure that was really compelling radio for everyone. When they heard about all the evolutions of animals, they did. I'm sure it was exciting. <laughs> Unless you don't believe in that kind of thing. <laughs> that would be a, it's a different <laughs> podcast. Uh, that's for the um, that's for the end of the podcast. Uh, okay, the next story is um, uh, I'm going to read it right off the Dice Tower News dot uh, com. Uh, if you watch if you watch Dice Tower like I do, they Tom covered this on Board Game Breakfast live last Thursday, um, and it's the title is Akron Art Museum looks for games. So the Akron Art Museum uh, in Ohio is looking for video games and tabletop games for developers, students, and game creators. For open world arcade, I should put that in quotes. They're calling it open world arcade. It's a day long event held at the museum uh, all the way in the future, uh, Saturday, December seventh, as part of their open world video games and contemporary art exhibit. So submissions will be accepted from March fifteenth to June fifteenth. Games can be entered uh, through the link on on Dice Tower News. Uh, and will be judged by a panel based on novelty, professional polish, aesthetics, quality of game experience, and uh, quote wow factor. Uh, games don't need to have art-related subject matter or an art theme. Select selected games will be featured at the Open World Arcade from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Oh, this is better. Okay, uh, the exhibit opens October 19th uh, and runs through February 2nd. So. Um, their actual exhibit doesn't start until uh, the well. The exhibit starts October nineteenth, but their day long event is on Saturday, December seventh. So that's good. Um, it will also feature paintings, sculptures, animations, video games, video game modifications, 
and artwork and other media. Kyle, if you could pick a board game to be put in an art museum that people could play and that people could only look at, what would you pick? Yeah, I was trying to think of that because I was trying to think of, okay, you know, what what is the goal, right? Is the goal to be like, look at how amazing this is or look at how cool this is or kind of what, where are you trying to go with something as far as putting it on display this day? Is it just the way it looks? Is it something that's unique? Is it something that's beautiful? And I kind of want to go, you know, I don't know a ton. I didn't do any other research about the um, Akron Museum. So I don't know what sort of um, art museum it is. I don't know if it's a modernist museum. I don't know if it has classical pieces. Like, I don't know. Right. But I'm going to go super modern and I'm going to use junk art. Okay. As my piece that I think would be kind of cool. Like, right. We'll go with the modern vibes and the modern looks to things. I mean, we could go super, you know, quote unquote, like, I don't want to say like fit in with the theme and do like fresco. Right. Right. But I think, but something like Sagrada would probably be a good pick too. Yeah. You know, so those are kind of where I went, you know, if you want to be a little more modern, like do something like junk art, if you wanted to be something, you know, fitting in with the the theme of the museum, like of being in an art museum, fresco would be good. Uh, Otherwise, you know, maybe something like Sagrada, which is very pretty despite not having, you know, a whole ton of graphic. Well, there's a lot of graphic design in it, but it's pretty Mm. in a different way. What about you, sir? What would you pick? Well, you kind of hit the nail on the head with that. Like what type of, like it looks like a modern building, like a, like it could be a modern art facility, but um, obviously we know my love for the art of century Gollum edition. So I think that would be a good art piece, but I also think if we're talking abstract, I would love to see like um, beasts of balance, like hat, like, glued together though so it's like a built like stack or even like like something like that that's very like abstract and uh totally artsy so i could see that being something that i would like to look at maybe not touch in a museum so it's interesting i mean we'll see uh this could be a trend of seeing more pop culture in museums which would be awesome oh absolutely and i think you could even and honestly actually like even evolution uh is it the climate expansion i think has some really cool uh art with it that it might be fit good or you could go something super minimal like you could do like the kaido or something like that as far yeah, as you want to go nice. from a minimalist perspective um i think would be kind of cool too yeah an all black room with tokaido on a black podium yeah I think that would look awesome. That would look very cool. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so the next story is very exciting to me, uh, which also reminds me that I still need to pick up a different game that's out there that uh, falls into this theme. So, also from Dice Tower News. Headline, (laughs) defeat Batman and rule Gotham City in Batman, the animated series Rogues Gallery. Uh, So, before I get into the story part... uh, Batman the animated series to me is the I, the best version of Batman to me probably because it hit me at the right age at the right time but it's it's so perfect um, and I, I keep meaning to buy um, Gotham Under Siege which is MIFLGS I just keep passing on it um, probably because I just don't have any people to play with <laughs> which makes me sad um, however it's all so also by IDW Games. Uh, IDW, IDW gives players a chance to play their favorite villain in Gotham City in Batman the Animated Series Rogues Gallery. Each player then goes on crime sprees, steals powerful upgrades, and recruits nefarious 
accomplices to accomplish their master plan and be the first to defeat Batman. That's awesome. What a cool theme. And I know you alluded at it earlier, and it might even be in the show notes because I haven't been reading the show notes, just been doing the stories. But yeah, it sounds like IDW is listening to our episode about wanting more villain-focused games. Uh, you know, as we do, uh, we predict the future. Uh, we've done this a few a times. Yeah, we've done this a yeah. few times. Every once in a while we do that. Um, we also predict, well, Kyle predicts topics that other board game podcasts end up covering, like, <laughs> weeks following. So, hey, if you're listening, here's some content. <laughs> Enjoy. <laughs> Uh, so it's designed by Sen Fung Lim. Uh, he did Balfour and Junk Art. Uh, and Jesse Wright, who did, uh, this is potentially his only game. I don't see credits for him listed on Dice Tower News. Um, yeah, it's a push your luck game, which is uh, certainly the case anytime you go up against Batman, as it says in the article. Uh, artwork uh, by comic artists, uh, oh boy, uh, Chris Finoglio, Jack Lawrence, Dario Brazula and Marcello Ferreira uh, will delight fans of the original Batman the Animated Series cartoon. So here's where it got me. And when I say got me, I mean bump me up. Three to five players. Immediately, I'm like, ah, oh, no. <laughs> However, if you have three to five players, ages 12 plus, 30 to 45 minutes, that is like the perfect board game time. Because uh, you can play another game, you can play two other games, you can move on. You can play this as a starter or a palate cleanser or an ender to a night. I love board game times like that. Uh, and, and I won't read everything that it includes, but it does include everything that is in the board. Uh, pre-orders are not available until the end of March, uh, but it hits stores on June 5th. So um, that is exciting to me. We have a nice cover. Uh, featuring some of the rogues gallery and the underrepresented Clayface, which is a, uh, I'm a huge fan of in the Batman series. So that's all the board game news. Uh, but I'll talk about my convention real quick. Real, can I, before you jump into that, can I just oh, say yeah, one please, thing? Sorry. No, it's okay. The thing I like most about this game is the fact that they made it a push your luck game. I yes. love that idea of like, all right, you could maybe defeat Batman, but you probably can't. So push exactly. it as far as you can yeah. and try to get away with as much as you can. But at some point, you're going to have to call it quits. I love the fact that that is the mechanism they're using for that game. I think it's brilliant. Even yeah, if the right. game doesn't work out or isn't maybe like super awesome, the fact that they're pairing that mechanic with that license and that idea, I think is really, really smart. Yeah, you're 100% right. That is a great thing when you put it that way. I wasn't even putting it together like that. So, so yeah, that's great. I like that a lot. Uh, all right, cool. So I went to TotalCon, which is this one was in my neck of the woods, literally 20 minutes from my house. Nice, easy ride in. <laughs> um, we were lucky enough to go as press, so I had a press badge. Um, thanks to Kevin Austin from PSVG for getting us in as press. Um, and we'll stop there because this is a convention that... For me, it's important to tell you that the only board game conventions I've gone to, board game specific, is PAX Unplugged. The only other convention I've been to is PAX East. So my expectations for cons, I would say probably started off like high because it's I'm going to high quality conventions. 
Um, this is when I was telling my father where I was going. He goes, oh, yeah, we used to go there when you were a kid for computer shows. And I'm like, oh, okay. So that sets different expectations. So it's small. It's in the hotel. It's in like a conference center of a hotel. Um, they did have a lot of space available for free play, like the whole, um, like think of like a wedding reception, like that whole area would be full of board game tables, which was nice. But it wasn't um, a con in the aspect of lots of vendors. There was only a couple of vendors. So for me, it just felt a lot smaller. Um, that's kind of irrelevant to my experience there. Um, but it was just something that I noticed like right away. It was very um, low-key. And if that's your style and you just want to go play board games, uh, something like this would be great for someone who wants to do that. Um, we had some interviews set up and um, I'll tell you the I'll tell you some I'll tell you about Mark Spector first. Um, and Mark Spector is from Grand Gamers Guild. Uh, that is a company of his that published board games. Uh, he started uh, on well, he cross published Endeavor Age of Sail, which is a very popular board game, um, very big uh, on BGG for a while, and. Um, now they have Artemis Project out, and that was a Kickstarter last year. So uh, they're having a lot of success with Artemis Project as well. They had over 2,200 baggers on, on Kickstarter, which was like over $100,000 in pledges. Uh, so they did um, very good. Uh, it's, a, like, it's a dice placement and colonization game. It takes about 75 minutes to play. If you're interested to look up Artemis Project, you can. Um, we talked a little bit about Kickstarter in general. I asked him a question. I asked him some questions about like what his thoughts about the Kickstarter um, platform is. Would he go back to Kickstarter? Why is there a next game on Kickstarter? Um, and his, his, he gave me some, some, uh, off the record comments. And the ones that we all stick with is he, he really thinks that Kickstarter should be a, a, a need based tool. And I think Kyle and I have talked about that a bunch. Because um, I like reference Renegade putting out Terror Below on Kickstarter and, and things we see like that. Um, but uh, he's a very intelligent guy. He knows exactly what he's doing. Uh, he was an old school gamer, so he isn't um, a big uh, current uh, video game player. That's something I did ask everybody. Like, are you currently playing video games uh, as that pertains to us? Um, he also told me that the Artemis Project was inspired by a book uh, called Coyote by uh, by an author, Alan Steele, which is like a crazy awesome author name. Um, it's like right out of Castle. Uh, and um, if you want to check that out, they could. They I, I think he said they couldn't get the rights to um, the book series or that they didn't know that it would be a selling point for the game specifically. Uh, all of that being said, we'll ask him because uh, I did talk to him and we're going to try to get him on our show. Uh, before his next Kickstarter, which is called Endangered, uh, a game of survival. And it's by uh, Joe Hopkins, which is the one of the designers that they brought on. It's coming to Kickstarter April 2nd. And I was talking to him about it. We didn't really go into a lot of the details about the game, but he said something that struck the Kyle bone in my body. I know that sounds weird, but he said, Every if you go to BGG, if you go to Board Game Geek, and you look up their game Endangered, for every thumbs up they get, they donate to an endangered animal 
sanctuary. So I said, that's perfect because my co-host loved Rescue Polar Bears for a very similar reason. Yeah, I did. And, and it was, was a good very, game. And he was very thrilled to hear that. So go check out Endangered on BGG. Give that a, a thumb. And for a little while, they will be donating to a animal sanctuary. Uh, you, I'm sure the details are on there. Um, and then, as some people know, if they follow us on Twitter, uh, I followed that interview up with a beer first because <laughs> I was nervous. And then I met um, Emerson Matsuchi, which was crazy. I want to tell you a little bit about the story of how we met. Kyle knows how we met. That sounds like how I met your mother. Uh, so Emerson came out and I greeted him because um, everyone was looking for Kevin, not me. Uh, so <laughs> that was a bummer. Uh, <laughs> so as I introduced myself and who I was with, he said, you know, this, this was a 1230 meeting. He said, um, hey, you know, I'm, uh, are you flexible? Because I, you know, are you flexible for your schedule? I said, yeah, why? He's like, well. Do you think we could do one one PM? I said, absolutely, it's fine. Uh, turns out he was playing a prototype of a designer that was there. Someone, people come to cons a lot in the free play area, and they bring uh, prototypes of games. So I said, not a problem. Um, one o'clock's fine. And then he asked me what I was doing, and I was like, well, <laughs> I was going to interview you at twelve thirty, so I'm not doing anything right now. <laughs> He's like, well, did you want to come with me? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Do I want to watch Emerson play a prototype of a game and give feedback to a designer? Yeah. Who would say no to that? So I went with him. We chatted along the way. And we played a game called Chiseled uh, by, I have a card here, Michael Epstein, uh, which we may have on as well. Uh, it was a deck deconstruct deconstruction game where you are literally chiseling boss uh, statues like the statue of david things like that um and it was very unique i don't think i've ever played a game like it and i i sat next to emerson he pulled a chair over for me and then he was like do you want to play this with us and i was like yes uh, of course i do so basically i kind of took it all in I i didn't really focus too much on what i was supposed to be doing in the game because <laughs> i was just listening to him mostly I was basically geeking out the whole time. And I was listening to the feedback he was giving Michael and the back and forth they had and even Michael's admiration for Emerson. So we played that game for about half an hour. It was very fun. Um, and then we get up and Emerson's like, you hungry? Do you want to get lunch? And I'm like, yeah, I do want to get lunch with my favorite board game designer. Of course I do. <laughs> so we chatted. Um, I asked him some questions that our listeners had. Uh, he couldn't answer any of them because they were all about Metal Gear, uh, which is fine. Um, we we were hit, uh, I think we were hitting it off. We were hitting it off so well that uh, we were just talking about things in life and entertainment. And he was asking me about Anthem, and we were talking about video games. And he was telling me how much he loves Monster Hunter World, and he's a big World of Warcraft fan, and he's a huge Magic player and that's why he can't play Keyforge and <laughs> all of these things and I said you know I, I wouldn't do us order the video games or our fans any justice if I didn't say it. so I, I reordered lunch I said I said let, let's just let me get my recorder out let's just do a real quick interview so I can say that we did our interview and he said 
well, would it be better if we just did it over Skype? And I was like, well, we do Google Hangouts. Are you saying that you would like to be on our podcast? And he said, yeah, I would love to be on your podcast. So look forward to Emerson coming on our podcast in the near future. It's going to happen. Uh, Basically, what you're is, saying is, is I'm out, is what I no, hear No, he's not going to replace me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think he wants to host a podcast. Um, he... He's so nice. He was so down to earth. He was friendly. His, I, I, this is what I said to him. He can tell me if I, if I'm an idiot for saying this. He, we ordered our food. Uh, he ordered a Reuben. The lady brought out a turkey club. He picked it up to start to eat it. And then she, cause he didn't realize that he didn't get the right sandwich. She comes over. I'm so sorry. We gave you the wrong sandwich. I have your sandwich right here if you still want it or, if you want that. And like, they went through this whole conversation and he was like, well, this was my second choice. He was so nice. And he said like, you know, I'll take the other one if no one will eat it. But if someone else will eat that sandwich, give that to someone else and I'll eat this. And like, he kept the sandwich, the wrong sandwich. And I just said, to, I said you're a people, real people pleaser, aren't you? And he was like, well, <laughs> it's like, I hate to see food go to waste. So like, and I'm the same, I'm like the same way as him. I would, I never complain about things in restaurants ever. So I feel like we connected in that a little bit too, but he's like the nicest guy. We talked about the listeners, we talked about um, how long Kyle and I have been doing this, why we do this. Um, he asked how we feel about finally getting like review copies of things. I didn't have the heart to tell them we haven't actually reviewed any of them yet. Hey, mul- <laughs> I have, have multiple of them played now though. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he was super nice. And when I asked him if he would sign a copy of Century Spice Road for me t- to give away to a listener, he said, well, I can do you one better. I can give you a copy of my game. I, he's like, did you, ma- did you know which one you were going to give? I said, no, not really like I, any of them would be fine um he's like well i have a german version of century spice road i said i'm sure that will be fine because there's not text on the cards you would just need to look up the english rules which you can get on board game key which would be fine um and if and i'll tell you what so we're gonna do a giveaway for century spice road german edition not golem edition and if you don't want the autographed version, you would prefer an English playable version. I will send you one. It just won't be autographed. I'll autograph it for you. Uh, and I will happily keep a signed German <laughs> version of Century Spice Road. However, uh, you can choose. You can choose the German version or the uh, American version. But I'm not going to just give this away. So what I need the listeners to do, hopefully you're still listening at this point, if you're interested in this copy of the game, uh, what I want you to do is, uh, Emerson is the president of a company called Nazca Games. It's N-A-Z-C-A Games. They are on Twitter. I need you to first follow Nazca Games. Second, tweet at sent me in three you need to send us an email at boardwithvg at gmail.com. Does that make sense? Kind so what's, the, what's that email supposed to contain? Oh, I should say that. So that email, okay, so t- that email should contain this sentence. I did what you said. Enter me into this contest. <laughs> or something like that. You can paraphrase. Uh, but we, we'll see the tweet because we'll be tagged. So I can immediately put a mental note. But I want you to send us an email 
saying that you did it and in the email put your preference, the signed version, the signed German version, or uh, the new American version. I didn't break the shrink on the signed copy. I just did it on the front so he could sign the cover. So it's still a sealed game. Um, and I can't talk. I could talk for 45 more minutes about how awesome Emerson was and how it was not a letdown at all and how welcoming he was and friendly and and nice. And I, I got a lot of stories I can't even tell you guys about. And I got some stories that I want him to tell you about. Um, but it was a blast. And I just used up like half of our topic time talking about that con. So why don't I throw it to Kyle for the video game news? No, that's totally okay because <laughs> I'm glad that you had a good time and I'm glad that hanging out with Emerson was sweet. And like he said, hopefully he will be on the podcast soon. Um, but make sure you, like he, Josh said, follow Nazca Games, tweet at them tagging us saying like, hey, Board of Video Games sent me and then send us a nice email, boardwithvg at gmail.com. Just saying that you did that and what version of the game you would like. And while I really would love for Josh to be able to keep his signed co- German copy of the game, if that's the copy you want, please tell us that's the copy that you want. That is okay. That's why it was given to us, and we yes. should give it away if it's if it that's what you want. You. <laughs> so, so yeah. So please go ahead and do that. All right. We'll probably. Oh, hey, one final thing about that little contest, of Josh. When do they need to do that by? Um, that's a great question. Uh, before the next episode drops so you get a week from thursday to get it in so today when you're listening to this episode is the 28th of february so by uh, march March 7th 7th. all right my son's birthday there you go happy birthday to maybe you lucky listener who's going to win that game (laughs) all right (laughs) (laughs) so make sure you do that by march 7th it'll be great we want to give you a sweet game because that's what we like to do all right, jump into some video game news here. Mm. Now, Josh, I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about kind of one of the big topics that's been floating around the internet for the last week or so. Yeah. Because I feel like we can actually both, with not obviously like authority in the sense of like we know everything, but authority in the sense of we both have experience in this area and with this game, uh, talk about it with a little bit of, you know, knowledge, which I think is a good thing. So... A game that a lot of people were really excited about, Anthem, has released officially, again, kind of, like, depending on how you look at it, is fully out now. And there's some really divisive feelings about this game. So if you go onto the YouTube, there are a lot of videos out there. Um, Some are saying that um, Bioware straight up lied about their storytelling choice and interaction in the game in all their marketing materials. Others are saying they straight up lied about the visuals because they're comparing the E3 2017 trailer to what was released in the game. Um, The Open Critic and Metacritic score are both sitting at a 60 now. And the interesting thing to note about that Metacritic score, that is based off the PC release. If you look at the uh, PS4 release, it is a 63 because there are four reviewers who use the PS4 version. And the Xbox One version doesn't even have a score currently because there's not enough reviews. So that 60 is 100% based off the PC version. Uh, It sounds like it didn't sell super great in the UK. Uh, It did finish number one, but um, some like Daniel Ahmed and some other folks on Twitter are saying that it was like 50 less than 50% of physical copies of what Mass Effect Andromeda sold. Um, And I think they also, I think the number that was thrown around was like less, it was like 10% the number of copies that Destiny 1 sold. 
physically. Now we don't know anything about digitally. Right. You know, and that's a, a big thing, obviously. And obviously digital is becoming more and more all the time. So with all that said, if you go to our Discord, people mm-hmm. seem to be having a really good time with this game. <laughs> so what is what's going on here? Is this a case of, you know, the for lack of a better term, I, I probably shouldn't even draw this comparison, but I'm going to. Often Marvel movies don't mm. they get some decent critical reception, but overall are not like looked at as high works of film. But a lot of people like them. Is yes. that is that what's happening here? Is that the critics are like, oh, this is not what it should be, but the fans are totally okay with it. Now, granted, there are some fans who have issues. Like, what what's going on here? Well, can I ask you a question before I forget to yes. do this? Do you think when when this UK physical sales number, which they didn't outright say physical sales, they just said sales. Do you think when this was like released that that was leading at all? Because you're you're comparing this to a five year old game, first of all, which was the fourth game in one of the probably the biggest video game trilogies of all time. Yep. And you're comparing physical games, which I would imagine, and this is just me speculating, are much lower now than digital sales in general. Do you think that that's kind of like a leading headline? Like a lot of the things that I'm seeing about Anthem, and I'll I'll wait to tell you what I think about it, but just from the start is it seems like the thing, it's like clickbaity. It's like, hey, you could say that about pretty much any game that isn't on Nintendo Switch about physical versus digital. Like, would you... Would you lead with the digital uh, physical sales for Far Cry New Dawn over all of them or just digital? Why not wait to report all of them? That's a great, I think, is there some. I asked you like four questions in there. You did, you did. (laughs) Um, Are there some clickbaity things? I think obviously, yeah, there's always going to be some clickbaity things. Um, I am looking really quickly here and I, this is not my favorite. um, Is that like the weird uh, sales number website? Uh, yeah, I'm using VG charts really quick. Yeah, thank you. So, um, according to VG charts, which I mean, I know their accuracy is like not great at all. Uh, Mass Effect Andromeda sales, lifetime sales to date. I feel like this can't be right. Uh, and obviously, this is physical, not counting uh, digital. It's like two million copies or two and a half million copies. Physical. Yeah. Whoa. Okay. That's high, right? <laughs> well. Keep in mind, now, EA said they wanted to sell 6 million copies of Anthem in six weeks. Which seems crazy. Right. Sure. I, I'm not I'm not offing that there at all. Right. But keep in mind, though, that also physical sales right now, EA says that physical sales count for about, I think it's something in the 40-ish percent of what their sales are, are, phys- wow. are digital, are digital. That's higher than I thought. Right. But also keep in mind, I think that includes games that are only available digitally. Okay. You know, because like oh. if you, like a way out, you could only buy digitally. So like if EA is like, oh, 43% of our game sales are digital. Well, 100% of a way out sales are digital. Right. So, but I do think there is some clickbaitiness going on. I do think there is some knee-jerk reaction things going on. I think there are some people who... And this is a conversation we've had multiple times when it comes to games in general. And I was going to kind of hold your feet to the fire on this one, but I'm not going do to. It. No, do it. Okay. Okay. So here's do what it. I'm going to do. Did you, yeah. I linked two videos in the show notes. Did you have a chance to watch either one of them? I'll be honest with you. I chose not to watch them okay. because of how frustrated I am with gamer culture right now. I agree 100%. 
because here was going to be the question I was going to ask you, because we've had this conversation multiple times, right? Especially like more, most recently, it was about the animations in The Last of Us Part Two. Yeah. How you're like, those can't be real, right? Well, I, that they're I mean, lying to us. <laughs> you say lying. I don't ever say lying. <laughs> I know, but that, I put words in your mouth for that. So right. I just my, feel like it looks so good that I have a hard time believing that that is right. in game. What is going to actually be happening. Right, right. So if you watch the the second of the two videos that I sent you, they yeah. literally do as close as they can do side-by-side comparisons between yeah. E3 and what the game actually is. Digital and they don't, Foundry did that a little bit too. Yeah, but and they look nothing alike. Like really? No, oh my gosh. So like that ties into what I've always been saying. They're liars. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that they're liars. Well, and I think the big thing is just like the dynamic like I mean, and the easiest thing to think of right away is how populated Fort Tarsus is. Like in the yes. thing that, and they said it was, hey, this is running in engine, like on, con- like they're, they were very adamant that like, this is gameplay. Like this is in-game footage. Mm-hmm. Like how populated Fort Tarsus is, is the first thing you notice. There are people all over the place. And then when you play the game. They could have to scale back. Right. But and then when you play the game, it's obviously not that way, right? There's like right. 12 people. Um, so for me, I obviously, when I think of, when I watch E3, or when I watch anything like that, I always am like, okay, this is how this game currently is sitting, or what they are, what they are shooting for, running on a max spec PC. Like that's kind of like the, what I always think when I watch E3, and I understand not everyone thinks that way. Right. When I'm watching E3 presentations, I'm like, this. I tend to think of what they're showing as aspirational. This is what we are trying to do. Yes. Might it work out that way? It might. It might not. Like clearly, they're able to do it for this part, but obviously, that's a very narrow vertical slice. It's not as big. That's kind of what marketing is, right? And we have those conversations all the time of like, should they not show what they're aspiring, or should they try to pull back as far as they can? To say, okay, we know we can at least do this. So this is what we're going to show. But then how exciting is that? Yeah, I know. Um, But you're also, you need to be held to a certain standard too. For sure. I agree. And like, I'm watching the video you're talking about. But a lot of this stuff that they're showing in comparison is like, it's very clearly CG. And they're comparing it to in-game. Now, there are parts that aren't CG, but... Like they're showing like a camera pan up with a the giant walker walking in the background. That's not actual gameplay. And you can tell in the video but, that it's a but, video. But they said it was. They said oh. it's running an in-game engine. That's totally different. But if you're saying you're running something is running in-game, like to me, that means that when I'm playing that game, even if it's a you know cutscene that's happening at that time or right. the cinematic that's taking over, like that still is theoretically is possible. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. I know what you're saying. I think that like the character animations still look just as good. The facial, Absolutely. like, and he actually, and he says that in the video. These like character okay. animations, like things like that. He's like overall still look really good. Yeah, he I mean, I think it that. looks really good. I, I think that sure it plays, it plays on what you were just saying. It plays on what I've been, what I've been skeptical about in the past. Like, but then there's things like smoke effects were removed. So now we have puddle gate. Like, <laughs> so Correct. you have a lot of these different things that happen. I get that. Should it be, could it be a gripe about the game? Yes. Should it be a big gripe about the game? It depends on how much you're losing mm-hmm. versus expectation versus reality. What I do want to say is I'm, I don't know. 
like it says that they lied about the storytelling choices and interaction. I still feel like my conversations, um, that they are not always going to be this, like there's conversations I've had with a, a person without spoiling anything that I could have taken it a different way. And I don't know what that, if there is another, like that with the chronicler, like there's ways I've talked to her that I could have been a jerk or I could have said something. I don't know that the other option wouldn't have been different. Yeah. I don't know that the end result of anything is different. Right. But I also don't like the walking dead. They give you the illusion of choice. That's true. Like That's true. the end is always the same. Right. But I think also, you know, again, it comes down to what Bioware was saying that it's kind of like that whole Sean Murray situation with no man's sky. Like, Right. Casey Hudson said, like, this is going to be a, like, evolution in choice and how and your choices matter and they're going to impact the world and you're going to do missions. You're going to come back and give give things to, um, you know, who you choose to give things to is going to impact the way the story goes. And like, these are things that were said in interviews and in the cover yeah. story that Game Informer did and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Now, my big thing, th- my big thing of like all of this <laughs> It's to say, like, all of these things are happening, right? All these videos are occurring. People are flying off the handle, yada, yada, yada. I don't know. The story stuff may be sure. I don't know that any of these things, like, if it had been exactly as promised, would have changed my enjoyment level of this game. Well, that's what I'm going to say. So let's talk about the problems that it does have and our experience with the game. I have two major problems. What are your what are what are I'm your sure issues? ours are the same. They probably are. Uh, or similar. Well, uh, of course... The curse of Kyle struck me right after he said he was having problems, and then I immediately <laughs> experienced a problem. It was very frustrating to me. So um, the load times I can deal with. I know people have been making a big deal out of them. Uh, you're loading a very large, fully open world for the most part. So the loading when you first go into the open map I get that it's long, but unless you go into like a cave system where it like loads a separate map, which can be frustrating. For the most part, I went when I was doing um, the tombs thing, I went from end to end on a map, no loading, nothing. It was awesome, but that was great. I didn't have to worry about that. The thing that's been killing me is the bugs where they cover all of those things. Bugging like loading into a tunnel that has nothing in it. Why is that an option? Um, or when I just did a stronghold, spend 40 minutes doing a stronghold with a strong team of people I didn't know, but it went very well, only to kill the bad guy at the end. And instead of it loading the summary screen like everyone else's, it crashed and hard froze my Xbox. And it didn't save my progress in completing the stronghold or any of my gear or any of my experience or any of my weekly contribution contribution to the Alliance. That was very frustrating to me, only to have to do it again with a much weaker team, <laughs> but handed to me and die a bunch. Um, that thing, those things, like I have small gripes, but that is game, I don't want to say breaking, but it's game experience ruining for me. Whereas if I think I had your experiences where it was more, it's been more frequent than me, I believe, it would, I would have a tougher time going back to it. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> At least not for like on like maybe wait a month. Yeah. So for me, I you know the loading times are super annoying, and I think for me, a lot of the the issues that I have with it are quality of life things. The ver- the act of playing Anthem, I think, is really fun. Yeah. I enjoy it. 
I know that like, you know, there are people out there who are like, the story is stupid. The characters, like, I don't like any of the characters in Fort Tarsus. I actually, and you can probably guess, there's one character in Fort Tarsus that I really like. Is really, really. Charles character? What's that? Is it Kristen Charles' character? Uh, who is Louise that? from I, Bob's Burgers? Oh, uh, is that the person with all the pets? Yeah. 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 Love her. I think she's amazing. <laughs> I, think, I think she's so great. Um, so, yeah, like, I actually really like the characters, even like the ones that are like more mundane, like the, the custodian. Like, I really yeah. like <laughs> going and talking to him and finding out about what he's going to do to make the fort safer. I think that's great. Like, I no don't mind. Tables. No, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, I like all of that stuff. And I think that's actually my biggest one of my biggest issues with the game is I've never played it with any friends yet, because when I go to a mission and I come back, I want to go talk to everyone. I want to go do all the stuff and do all the story stuff and do all of those things. And I don't want to make them wait for the right. next mission, you know? So like I haven't played with a friend yet. Free roam that, is for friends. What's that? Free roam is for friends. Right. So for me, that is like, I think just I don't agree with that criticism from a lot of people. I find the world to be very engaging and interesting. I want to know more about what's going on here. Uh, for me, yeah, the loads, though, are are pretty, pretty rough, especially when it's like, hey, I got this gun. It's pretty cool. And I think Kotaku or somebody talked about this, about how, like, you get this, but you don't know what it is until the end. And then it shows you what it is. So then you have to go to the forge and you have to equip it. And then you have to load back into like Fort Tarsus and you have to load back into the, like whatever thing you're going to do. And if you jump in and you hate that gun, then you have to leave again to another, you know, that is really annoying. However, what I will say is the positive to a degree of all of this is I've been using the same javelin the entire time. There's really not that much variety of weapons. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I also think like not, I understand I can't say I understand why they did it, but I can understand an angle. So if you've ever played Diablo with somebody, Mm -hmm. um, having to stop every 15 seconds because you picked up loot because your buddy isn't moving because he's checking his inventory to see if he has a better item to equip is frustrating. Yeah. Uh, And or when you stop to look at your loot and your friend doesn't stop and wait for you and goes ahead, that's also very frustrating. Uh, So... I think they did this because they had to do it. Um, They don't want you being in a group of four people who, like one of the problems with Destiny is you jump into a strike or a raid and one person just doesn't do anything and he gets the credit for completing the strike or the Mm -hmm. raid. Absolutely. And this eliminates that problem. Also, the very annoying uh, get back to your team thing that they need to fix like fast because it just drops you into more loading time. I know Uh, when you can like see them, they're like right there. I know you're like, Oh my Uh, gosh. Like if I shot a rocket, I could hit them. Like they're not that far away. But I, I get the aspect. I get the part um, where they want you to go back into the forge. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's very intuitive. I think it's very frustrating and it takes a lot of time up. I know with the newest update, they patched a little bit faster forge loading, which I did notice. I know some yeah. people say they haven't, but I definitely noticed it. Oh, um, I, de- I definitely noticed it for sure. I think that they had to do that. And yeah. I'm okay with the choice they made in that aspect of it. While it can be frustrating, because I get it, they go, well, realistically, you should just be able to swap your gun. Sure. But we're not living in a world of realism. <laughs> we're living as in I, a fantasy world. <laughs> as I jump into my javelin suit and fly off into the... Yeah. And like Kevin, I'm going to give Kevin some crap because Kevin's like, 
concerned about where the legs go. They're like, if that javelin's legs bend backwards, how does he fit in that suit? I'm like, get over it. It's it's science fiction. <laughs> They'll make it work. <laughs> well, it's also another extension. Like their their feet only end right. Up, like, they're not the fifteen yeah. feet tall humans. Right. But that's just a joke, actually. I kind of see where Kevin was coming with that comment. I thought it was funny, though. A funny observation. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, I hear what you're saying. And, and I think they really do need to, to... I don't know that they need to change the weapon system. This is what I worry about with the EA stuff. And I know EA doesn't represent all of their games like mm-hmm. they did with Mass Effect 3. But I don't want them to start changing this game. What do you mean by ex- changing? To, to the extent where they change the ending of Mass Effect 3. Okay. I don't want them, like, taking fan feedback and viewer feedback is important. But I would say right now, even before the game came out, a, a guesstimate of 30% of the negative stuff is from people who have not even played the game. Oh, it probably is from people who are just... Maybe like, higher. <laughs> yeah, people who are just jumping on. Absolutely. And I think my big thing, like... Like I said, the act of playing the game I find to be really enjoyable. I really like it. Yeah. I think there there are definitely some like I said quality of life things. Like when I'm so close to my team and it's like get closer or we're gonna re- like load you in. It's like had you just waited the three seconds, I would have gotten there way faster than you loading me to them. Yeah, you know, so that like that kind of stuff. And I do. I would like a little bit more. I don't want to say weapon variety, but like. I feel like there's only like a handful of types, of, maybe not even a handful of types of weapons per weapon class. Yeah. So, and and maybe there's more in some of the more quote unquote common classes like assault rifles and stuff because I'm playing as the Colossus. So like I'm using um, like the auto cannons and like shotguns basically is all I'm using. Yeah. And there's basically like two of each that I am using and that's it. Um, and grenade launchers, which there's like two, well, three, you know, but so there's really not that many. So the idea of um, I know which ones I like better. You know, so it's right. kind of like one of those when it comes to, am I going to like this gun or not? I'm level 14, I think, right now. And I already know. Like, I already know which ones of those I want more than the other ones. Yeah. Um, But I think it would be fun, especially for, like, because using the abilities in the game are so fun. Mm-hmm. I wish there were more of them. Yeah. And I'll be honest, right now as a Colossus, I put up my shield and I run around and I smash into people. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's what I do. And then I jump. Yeah, and like, does too. yeah. And then I jump and I ground smash to stun and use that area of effect thing, put my shield back up and run into more people, jump again. And like, there have been entire missions where I've never shot anyone. Like I use my abilities and then I get up my shield and smash people until my abilities are, you know, back. And then I use my abilities again. And that's just what I do. And I, that's and it's great. honestly really fun. I have a lot of fun doing that. <laughs> so I yeah I'm just having a lot of fun playing the game and the act of playing the game I think is a ton of fun I think that this is if they stick to the you know the roadmap that's out there and everything they say they want to do um, and that you know supposedly as we move forward this extra content isn't going to cost anything it's just going to stay with cosmetics um, I'm kind of excited about the potential for where Anthem could go um, I do have I one of the things that I understood why the decision was made that way is like when you're in free play and there's only four of you uh, I wish there were more. I get yeah. why there's not, but it is very, I'm at that point where I have three of the four tombs, quote unquote, unlocked. Mm-hmm. And the fourth tomb is doing like the, you have to get the chests and you have to do like, you have to like down, like revive a downed, like three down javelins or something. Like no one's dying. Like I just, so I have to like crank up the difficulty to find some people. Like to revive. Them. <laughs> because I have like two of the three and I haven't been able to get the third one for a long time. Yeah. But when doing those challenges, the one is having to complete like five open world events and like without fail, 
I would get to an open world event and it'd be a Titan and then I'd be by myself. And um, I'm like, oh boy, here we go. And I took down three Titans by myself that way. Took a while, but yeah, you know, yeah. you know, running around, just kind of dancing around the little walker thingy and 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 doing all that stuff. So yeah, it took some time. And but that's why I wish there were would be more people there, just because you know, trying to do some of those events when everyone, especially when part of the story requires you to go out into free play like everyone's like oh i gotta go get these things done yeah and they're probably not always the same things so when there's only four of you out there yeah. um that makes it a little <laughs> challenging so yeah i think we'll well i think we'll both play some more anthem and we'll kind of um get into it with a more in-depth review soon um but yeah i think overall uh, I get caught up a little bit because I'm like, if you're a consumer who legitimately bought this product and you're unhappy with it as a consumer, you have a right to voice your opinion that you're unhappy. Yes. On the flip side, I also think there's just a lot of people with knee-jerk reactions looking for clicks. Um, yeah. And I think that's what makes it hard, right? Like, I, there are legitimate issues. There are some legitimate things with this game that should be tweaked or fixed, but a lot of this game is, like, pretty good. Like... I don't know. <laughs> when it I don't want to. I don't want to like minimize others' thoughts and feelings, though. You know, when it works the way it's supposed to work, it's a great game. Yeah, it really is fun and exciting. And the story, when I what I originally said was like I felt like the story was a little shallow when I played the, mm-hmm. the trial. I had completely flipped on that. Like the story is engaging to me now, and like yeah. I'm enjoying what I'm learning. And I would just change one thing. It needs a ping system. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was doing nice. this, I was doing the stronghold, and the, the the group of three people I was with, they kept pushing ahead, and I, I just checked this one corner, and there was just a random chest, and I was like, right. firing my gun in their direction to try to get their attention, and no one came back. I'm like, okay, it's mine. I'm just take it all. There you go. Take the chest. Open. <laughs> could it have up. pinged this. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like I said, I think if you know they they stick to what they want to do, there will be a lot of improvements and and quality of life things that are going to continue to be tweaked um in anthem so quick question yes. related to this though and man with how fast we're with how slow we're going we might not even get to our topic of the show this week which is fine that. that's fine <laughs> um i could just change the title of the show no big deal no one knows what it is yet <laughs> um what does this do for you and your thoughts with or in regards to the division two so i think like with anthem I, I'm I'm gonna keep comparing it to Destiny, even though people don't seem to want to make that comparison. I think time away from Anthem won't be a bad thing because the game will get better while I'm away from it. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm gonna play it as much as I can until until the division comes out. So I was talking to the guys at work today. One of the kids that, well, two of the kids I work with, one did not like the game, the other kid likes it, but he was like, "All my buddies are already level 30. Oof, I am not. And they've already, you know, triggered what should be end game. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I don't have that rush right now. I'm not in a rush to get to 30. If I get to 30 before the division, that's fine. But if I finish the story, which I might be able to do, I'll I'm, I'll come back to Anthem. I got no problem doing that. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I think there's only benefits to me coming back because they'll improve the game. They'll be consistent patches. There'll be more, there will be end game or more end game by the time I'm ready for it. Um, and my original concern about matchmaking in this game seems to be unfounded at this point. It seems to be like there's no problems. There's just people available. And I even saw when you're picking what you can do, there was like um, 
um, random mission you could pick. Yeah, you could like just match do like, you with someone who needs other people. Yeah, you can just do a quick play and they just put you in whatever is available, which which is great. I like that. I mean, the only downfall to that is you could, as a level one, be put into like the last mission of the game. Oh, you shouldn't be picking that as a level one. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm just saying that yes. can't that could happen. You're right. That could happen. But I like that option. So um I think that the game is different enough from the division that the that some of the audience will be different, so I don't know that they'll be losing out too much. Right. Um, but the combat is, I mean, it's Destiny meets the Division. I think that the combat is very much like the Division, mm-hmm. um, but the stories are completely opposite. So there'll be something for people on both sides. Yeah. Yeah. No, the only other thing that I was like a little ornery with it about is sometimes I was like, was really struggling with getting drops like in one area. Like for a long time, my guns were like super lower level. Because I yeah. just couldn't get anything that was, I, and I guess I could have switched to a different type of gun, but it just didn't see, like, as a Colossus, using a marksman rifle probably doesn't make a ton of sense. Yeah, no, I understand that because I have a lot of guns I don't use either. Yeah, so that was kind of, that's, I think, my only other thing. And then sometimes I'd be like, oh, look, um, all of my super high level stuff is like all primers or all detonators, which is fine, but I don't know who the other people are going to be playing with are and what their loadouts are going to be. So like, I can't self combo then, which is kind of hard because right. I usually try to have one of each, but then like when they're both of my like ordinances are like, you know, high level ones are the same thing. It's like, Oh man. But the nice thing is, is like my little jump smash thing is a, detonator so that just yeah well. so, <laughs> it's always any- interesting shooting up guys and like colossus drops on top of you you're like what, what is happening on my screen i know right it's <laughs> like my favorite thing to do is you just fly in and then you just hover for a second to find the best place and just yeah. drop down and just it's, it's a great time <laughs> fun every time all right moving on <laughs> excuse me man that cough is never going away i think that's really unfortunate for my, the rest of my life um <laughs> So there's been a lot of gnashing of teeth for Nintendo fans as Reggie Philome has announced his retirement. Yes, Reggie from Nintendo of America that we all know and love is retiring, uh, I think, April 15th or something like that. He is stepping down, uh, letting none other than Doug Bowser, uh, man, that name, uh, take o- is going to take over, which I think is pretty amazing. Uh, there's definitely podcasts you can listen to that are, you know, going to be able to dissect what Reggie means to Nintendo and to them better than we can. So I'm not going to ask that question, but I'm going to ask you a different question just because, you know, why not stir the pot a little bit? (laughs) Who is the more important executive, Reggie Philome or Phil Spencer? You're going to ask me that? Yeah. (laughs) You're going to make me answer this question? Yeah. Who do you think is? It's Phil Spencer. (laughs) Come on, man. Are you crazy? You're, why Why do you say Phil Spencer? Why do I say Phil Spencer? Yeah. Reggie's a very fun, great personality. Mm-hmm. I don't know much that he's done with Nintendo. I'm not saying he's done. He hasn't done anything. Right. I'm just saying it's not in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. I know he's makes himself present. I, I know mean, that he's like goofy and fun. Like he like he's like l- lends himself to the Nintendo um, lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I don't like. He's a talking head to me, though, as is Phil to an extent. But Phil talks to what I'm passionate about. Gotcha. So I have to answer out of negligence, out of <laughs> not knowing. I may I have set you up for this one. I, I, I couldn't sit down and debate you between what the two have done versus the other. Right. Um, I, I know that 
they wouldn't be in the positions they had if they hadn't had these amazing accomplishments in their career. And they weren't like visionary leaders, not just mm-hmm. figureheads. Um, I mean, luckily you left Sean Layden out of that because I may have done I mean, that on purpose. Might as well bury him in the grave. <laughs> why, I, why are we burying him in the grave? <laughs> kidding, kidding. <laughs> uh, no, I got called out by PSXP today, so I'm gonna leave Sean Layden alone. <laughs> oh, did you? I didn't even. I haven't listened to the episode yet. No, no, on Twitter. <laughs> oh, did you? I didn't and even he, notice. It was Seth. Seth tweets as PSXP, and then he tweets back as himself. <laughs> so it's kind of funny, but he was like saying, "Like I know all these things," and he's like, "But we know Josh secretly loves PlayStation because all his favorite oh I did see protagonists that. Okay. and games are on PlayStation. I did. See they're, that. they're not wrong. <laughs> I did. See um, that. Yeah, I mean, I I don't. Both of them would be great losses um, to either company, and both of them would be great additions to either company. Mm-hmm. So there, take that. <laughs> Obviously, you know, Reggie, you know, pulling strings in the United States. It, it's yes. a little bit different than obviously Phil in his current role. Well, um, we know Phil doesn't pull strings outside of the United States. It's <laughs> true. That's an Xbox burn for, for all you PlayStation fanboys. Okay, they're about, we're going to talk about a story in a second here where they're looking to fix that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think obviously, you know, Reggie's been a popular figure in the industry for a long time. Uh, has overseen some, you know, been there when they've done some great things and had some great successes with the 3DS and the Wii and now the Switch and maybe some less great successes with like the Wii U. Um, but, you know, he's always kind of been there. And I mean, he was, he has a puppet. How cool is that? You know, so. Yeah. But, <laughs> it's called all of Nintendo fans. <laughs> so, <laughs> but congratulations to Reggie on a good career. You open Donnie's mouth and Reggie's, Reggie's voice comes out of it. <laughs> <laughs> So, but big congrats to him, and, and he's definitely someone who's going to be missed. Um, I, I, I'm kidding, I, Donnie. <laughs> I was just trying to like not just kind of keep going, like that's not even acknowledge that it really I have happened. To defend, I have to make sure that he doesn't get mad at me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so big congrats to um, him for stepping down, and I'm sure Doug Bowser, who I think is relatively new to Nintendo, I think he's only been there for like three or four years ish. Um, yeah. You know, so obviously i'm i'm confident obviously they seem to be able to pick good executives there so i am sure i'm looking forward to seeing what he has to do um Bill kratos will be taking over playstation <laughs> no, yeah i know there's a lot of jokes of like will kratos and like uh, jack crash bandicoot <laughs> and things like that taking over a playstation so um yeah all right and our final video game news story so kind of like josh was alluding to it looks like uh, the Nintendo and Xbox love continues to spread as rumors are vigorous about Xbox features coming to Switch. Uh, depending on the rumor that you listen to, it could be Game Pass, it could be Xbox exclusives, it could be a lot of things. But Josh, with yeah. this much smoke, there's got to be a fire, right? Like something is going to happen. Yeah, someone's pants are on fire. You're absolutely right. Oh wait, <laughs> are we talking like are we talking like liar liar <laughs> pants on fire? <laughs> yes, but I'm just making a joke about the previous liar com- conversations. Uh, th- I don't know what to think about this. To be 100% honest with you. Um, it's clear that Nintendo and Microsoft have been much more open to working with each other and and actually been doing it. Uh, you can it, for the fact for them to make an ad with them together in it. I think is a huge step for both companies or one company. It doesn't really matter. Like 
I never thought I would see an ad promoting Xbox and Nintendo playing, I think it was Minecraft together. So for it to be out in, in the marketing world, like they're clearly having conversations with each other about what they can do to uh, increase their brand while being successful together in the marketplace. So um, could they do a Game Pass like feature on the Switch? Probably. Will we see Game Pass on the Switch? I doubt it um, because everyone's like, oh, we might get Master Chief on Switch. And then like, if you just listen to like the PS uh, Prime where Lucas and Kevin talk about how bad Dead by Daylights looks on the Switch or what Trials Rising looks like on the Switch, why would you ever assume an Xbox game would want to look that bad on a Switch? That's bad marketing for Microsoft. Like They're not going to put Master Chief Unless it's in in Smash Brothers, but it's streaming <laughs> from the cloud, man. It'll be fine. Yeah, they we're not at that point yet. They're doing we're that in Japan. There. They're doing it in Japan. There. Sure, yeah. Have have we heard anything about how Resident Evil Seven's running? Just that it has run. And Assassin's Creed Odyssey as well, I think. Was it? Yeah, I haven't yeah. heard anything else besides the fact that they were going to run on the Switch. Yeah, I honestly haven't. I don't know. Which means it's probably not good or bad, I guess. Because probably, probably heard it was fine. Yeah, it's probably fine. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I mean, is there fire? Sure, there's some fire. But what do you think? Like, do, do you think like, what do you think about these people making assumptions that we're going to be getting Xbox games on the Switch? So I think what Nintendo is doing is they're just going to replay their backstab of, of Sony in the 90s. <laughs> and they're just like letting everyone like build up this hype and build up this hype. And then they're going to come announce that they're like partnering with like, um, oh, who was it who's um, making that really new super powerful console? Uh, the people who make the driving games. Oh, remember who I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, and I can't think of the name. <sighs> yeah, I'm blanking on the name as well. But anyway, they're just going to come out and be like, oh, we're partnering with them instead, you know, and we're not going <laughs> to partner with Microsoft. Ha ha ha. So I think it's Nintendo just like, you know, really trying to relive like the early 90s again. Yeah. Um, and and backstab another another company. No, I don't really think it's that <laughs> at all. Um, but I think there's a distinct possibility. I think the big thing for me is people are like, oh, I want Cuphead on my Switch. I want Ori Cuphead on my Switch. Cuphead makes sense. Ori makes sense. Okay. But do you really would, do you, would they do that though? Well, here's my well. Number one, people say they want that on the Switch. Do you really want that on the Switch? Because I think those lend themselves to portability. Like Xbox doesn't have that option like like sony does with the vita like well sony doesn't have the option with the vita anymore either but well did but like maybe it doesn't make sense in the aspect of having to bring xbox games to switch but it makes sense in the aspect of making them portable yes but both of the i don't want to play either of those games with joy cons oh well people play don't you uh up hoity-toity elites play on your pro controllers i I play my joy con I play with my Joy-Cons too. Okay, I have right. a Pro Controller, but like my... Ex- I get ashamed my, so much for not using a Pro Controller. My, my Switch is never <laughs> docked, so I don't use my Pro Controller and I don't, and I play yeah. handheld like 98% of the time. Okay. And I understand people have told me that I'm wrong, that the Joy-Cons work just fine. No, they don't. They are... Mm, I take that back. You're right. They're fine. They are They're fine. fine. They're right. not good. They're fine. And for a game yeah. like Cuphead and a game for like Ori, I don't want fine... I want good. Yeah. So you were right. From a portability standpoint, it would be awesome to have those games on the go. I 110% agree. If I didn't have to use the dumb Joy-Cons, which I know I don't have to. I can 
stand it on my table and pull out my but that's another thing i have to carry with me then if i'm going to use my pro controller to do that anyway rant over <laughs> i think that this is actually a really cool thing and i think that it really shows that microsoft is committed very much to the becoming the netflix of games and that i think it's a little bit of an odd move in the sense of they're like hey we just released the world's most powerful console right but never mind we don't care about that anymore play the game on the this generation's least powerful console <laughs> like it just i think it's a pivot for them but i think it's a pivot that makes sense and i know that come e3 they're probably going to announce a you know twenty-eight thousand teraflop whatever right. cool and it's going to be super powerful but i i really think that them going down this route of creating that Netflix of games and creating that we're on everything. Netflix doesn't care where you watch their shows as long as you watch their shows. I think that for them makes a lot of sense, especially with their new studio acquisitions that they had, especially with the fact that right now, like when you look at sales numbers for like the Xbox in Japan, like they're selling like 30 a week, if that, you know, like they can't break into that market this is a way that they can because that the switch is selling gangbusters in Japan. So this is like a way for them to get a foothold in regions that they traditionally have not been able to. The reason the PS4 is out selling the Xbox is not because of the United States. Right. That's you know, well, it's just, it's the the globe, you know, like the PlayStation is a global brand and Xbox. Yes. You can buy an Xbox other places. Yes. There are places that have, you know, a, a larger Xbox population, but like North America is where the Xbox sells best. Like people talk about how there was no PSX last year. There was no PSX in the United States. There were PSXs right. last year, though. You know, so that's like the big thing that talks about like how big and why Sony thinks about things differently than what Xbox is looking at right now. But I'm excited. I think this is a cool opportunity. The big thing I don't know the answer to, though, is would I keep my Xbox One if I could play everything from my Xbox on my Switch? I don't think you'd be able to play everything from your Xbox. It's going to be streaming from the cloud, man. It's going to be fine. (sighs) Remember, everyone's turned around on cloud technology now. It's all it's good. We decided it's good now. People are trying to will it into creation. It's just it's not just because you're on board doesn't mean it's a thing now. They got to get they got to make it work. It does work. No, it doesn't work perfectly yet. I use PlayStation now. It works fine. Okay. (laughs) I was expecting you to use my, I don't want fine. I want good. No, I learned my lesson about coming down on PS now. (laughs) When did you come down on PS now? You don't remember. If you don't remember, I'm not bringing it back up. Oh, was I a jerk about it? I could have been. I think Xbox is missing out on that younger market. And I think this is a great way for them also to expand their, their consumer. No, um, absolutely. Because Xbox is like the 30 something person console. It is. It really is. You know, they they don't have that younger market that Sony has every market. Sony has all the ages because they have games that appeal to all ages. And I think Xbox's games have mostly, they've tried games like Super Lucky's Tale that just, they didn't either market it right or didn't push it right or wasn't good enough. But, you know, what's the next kitty game that they come out with is Cuphead and it's like a crazy, crazy hard on-rail shooter, not a kid's animated game. So, right. so they, yeah. they they could benefit just as much. Well, they would benefit way more than Nintendo would from this relationship. That's true. The Wall Garden, yeah, no, they definitely would for sure. The Wall Gardens, though, it seems like they're slowly crumbling. What do you think the chances are <laughs> that Xbox Game Pass 
makes its way to PlayStation. Never. Never? No, I don't think so. It's too bitter. Yeah. Maybe if they had new owner, new like CEOs. So here, here's the thing that I find interesting. Uh, and not saying that obviously this is a huge forebearer of anything that's going to happen. But uh, Sean Layden did a, a talk at DICE this year. And DICE is like not open to the public. Like you can't, it's not streamed anywhere. You can't really see it from what I understand. Uh, but during his presentation, he talked about both Nintendo and Microsoft and about how awesome they are and like the Ugh. great things that they're doing. So, you know, a couple of years ago, hearing a PlayStation executive talk positively about like Nintendo um, and he talked about like the success of the Switch and the handheld. And uh, for Microsoft, he talked a lot about like the adaptive controller and all the great things they're doing for like accessibility and making sure everyone can play like that's like not something you would have heard of two years ago. Yeah. Heck, I mean, I would say maybe even nine months ago from a PlayStation executive, you would have heard that. <laughs> So I don't know, man. Never say never. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> Josh's like, no, never. It's not going to happen. We'll see. I think it would be a bit of a. Problem. I still want to live in that world where we have one console. I know. As Americans, we love monopolies. Uh, <laughs> well, so. we don't make enough money for me to buy every game. So that is once, true. That's very true. Their own monopoly problem. Then I won't uh, complain about separate companies. That's very true. That's very <laughs> true. All right. Well, hey, we clearly don't have time for our topic of the show, but we are going to jump into our email, uh, our emails and questions of the week, because we love when you all reach out to us and ask us wonderful questions. So, Josh, why don't you take it away? Sure thing. So uh, let's start with Paul Calico at Paul, uh, sorry, P Calico 84 on Twitter. So Paul struck up a conversation with Restoration Games today. Um, and he tweeted, since at Restoration Games remade Fireball Island so good, are there any other games from your past that are no longer made today and you wish to have them restored? Kyle, what do you think? So this game, I think, still exists, but I still think it's a game that I would love to see remade. And I don't know. The problem is I don't know what you would do. And that's the big part about it. But I would really like the game Mastermind to oh, be yeah. redone. I played that like I didn't play a lot of board games as a kid. And we've talked about this. But that was the one board game that I got played regularly at my hu- at my house. Um, and I had a lot of fun. I have a lot of memories of playing Mastermind. Uh, and like I said, it might still be available. I haven't seen it. In yeah, the store. you can still get it at Target. OK, uh, but I think that's a game that I think could use a little a little polishing up and a little twist. I think what might make that um, a really fun thing. And just like with how the board works and you got the little shield and you can flip it open like you could do some cool stuff with that so yeah, yeah. Mas- mastermind i would i would love a cool new twist on mastermind which i know doesn't fit what he was talking about but it's the one game that came to mind we used to play that all the time as kids i loved i love that game um yeah so i don't have an answer because well maybe i do we didn't play a lot of board games as kids like i said before so if I was to pick a game, it would just be a game from my memory, and that would be key to the kingdom. Um, and like, so like, restoration games followed up Paul's tweet by saying, "Like, <laughs> we're always listening." <laughs> and he's like, and he he suggested a, uh, an old Ninja Turtles board game, and then they were like, "Well, what made it great? What do you? What were your fond memories about it?" So like, I like to think that if restoration games was like, Josh, why did you say King Key to the Kingdom? I'd be like. Um, because I remember playing it with my brother when I was a kid and what made it great? I don't remember. <laughs> so like, I don't have like a good, gr- a great memory about like what I would want restored. Um, they, they kind of maybe like nightmare, which they re kind of reinvented as atmosphere. Um, that could be really fun. I have a lot of fond memories of playing that. So maybe that's my better choice because 
um, it was that game like you sat in the dark in front of the, like the TV screen was your light and you know actually that would be a good one and you get the jump scares and you're trying to move around the board while timers counting down and and completing your tasks while getting the bejesus scared out of you in the middle of a dice roll and like he'd pop up and he'd be like stop whoever rolled last what is your name and you'd have to be like uh, my name is Josh, my gatekeeper. And you'd have to answer him like, yes, my gatekeeper. And people could call you out if you didn't say yes, my gatekeeper. You have to go back like three spaces or lose a turn or something like that. So that was pretty fun. That's my answer. I just That's a good answer. Think, just had to think it out. <laughs> uh, all right. So PSVG, PSVG Kevin decided to harass us uh, via Discord today um, a couple times. Uh we're luckily we're ignoring the last one that uh, since I banned something from our podcast. Um, I want I want each of you to take a well-known board game and redesign it. Just eat piece of cake, right, Kyle? Uh, <laughs> utilizing an entirely different mechanic than it currently has, like Gloomhaven changed to a trick-taking game, etc. What would you do, Kyle? <laughs> So my answer for this is I would take Stuffed Fables and I would turn it into a deck building game a la Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle. And where like each chapter in the story is like a different like box of cards that you unlock as you progress through. So you take the uh, the game board and you take all that, remove it and make it into a deck building game. That is my answer. Interesting. I feel like you're not convinced. No, I was just thinking about it. Because you're taking the chapters of the stories. No, no, I get you. I was just processing it in my head. (laughs) So that's my answer. Because you know me, I love deck building games. And Mm -hmm. I love Plaid Hat. And I'd really like stuff fables. So I think a deck building take on that would be really sweet. Well, my new fascination with hidden movement is my inspiration for for this. And I don't know that I've worked out how necessarily you'd play the game, but... Um, if you took Hail Hydra or any um, social deduction game and were able to put it into a hidden movement style game instead where you have, so it's say it's like taking, maybe even mixing in like Dead of Winter style where you have a hidden movement game, but you have a group of six people and you're all on a board like Fury of Dracula trying to complete a common objective, maybe even like um, Shadows Over Camelot. But someone is like a someone or some people are, are, are Hydra agents while trying to complete this uh, common goal as moving around the board and completing objectives. So like in like Mansions of Madness, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to go over to this room and look in this room for this clue. And then I could just come out like, no, I didn't find anything in there, even though like maybe the clue is still in there. Something along those lines where you're trying to deceive your teammates in an aspect of more than just revealing cards, but actually completing actions or not completing actions. Like pick up clue card A, and it says read or don't read, if depending on your loyalty, something like that. I think they could be frustrating and interesting. That sounds pretty, yeah, that sounds interesting. I, I'll go with it. I endorse. Okay, thanks. I endorse yours as well. Oh, hey, thanks. I'm glad that after your contemplation, you got there. Reciprocate. <laughs> uh, that Ninja Dev uh, on Discord. Uh, I don't know if this was a specific question towards me or you, because he listened to us on PSVG, maybe, DLC. He says, how did you get your wife into board games uh, when she won't play with you because you're too competitive? Sounds like both of us. And you refuse to not try and destroy people when you play games. Side question. 
what's your D&D class? Kyle, how did you get your wife to play get into board games? She actually was into board games, so that wasn't a much of a challenge for me. But I think the easy answer to this, and I shouldn't say easy, the most likely answer that someone's going to give and that I'm going to give is playing cooperative games. Because then yeah. you're still working together and you can still win and you destroy the game, not each other. And I think that's a really easy way to get a partner into games who maybe isn't super competitive. Or if you know that you are too competitive or uber competitive, um, playing cooperative games will help that a lot. And if, especially if you can find one that takes out like the alpha player. Um, so, you know, base pandemic might not be the best option, but yeah. if it's, it's a good place, it still can be a good place to start. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, going with a cooperative game is a, a great way to try to, to bridge that gap. Okay. And what's your D&D class? So I, you know, don't really play D&D. So I like while you're reading the questions, oh, I, I, took a, <laughs> I took a quick quiz online that I found that I have no idea like it was any good or not. But it says that my result says I should be an artificer. Okay. I feel like you'd be lawful good. I think that's... He wants oh, is to he class. going with that? If he's doing that, lawful... I don't know if I'd be lawful good. No, that's not that's not a class. No, I misunderstood. What is that? That's not class. You're right. You had it. You're so you're, so you're an art artificer. I can't even. I can, say I've that. never been able to say that. So, um, yeah, that's one of those things Artifer? that. No, it's not. Class isn't lawful good. That's something different. And I had that in my mind all day. Um, so you you're right. Your class was what you said. Um, to answer the first part of the question, um, I got my wife into board games by inviting her over to our board game party nights. So it was more like Guelph and Dice Capades and Balderdash and games like that. Um, and then I think it became, she decided to play board games more often because we were playing games without her, um, like Pathfinder car, Adventure Card Game or Mentions of Madness or Catan. And she wanted to be involved. So she started playing on her own. I don't really have to convince her because we were kind of in that like relationship where like you do you and I do me. We don't always have to do the same thing. It just kind of worked out that we get to do the same thing together now. Um, but I don't let her win. So that's not one of the ways. Like if I win, I win. If I lose, I lose. Like I said before, like that stuff doesn't bother me. Um, so yeah. Um, if I had to pick a class in D&D &D and we're going by like jobs, um, like if I pick my Gloomhaven, my Cragheart, like my play style in Gloomhaven is I'm going through the door first. So I'd be more like the barbarian style character, but I think I prefer like a ranger class if I'm playing like a traditional like D&D style game where I can be back and make decisions. But I also like to have fun. So I also like to do stupid things like... You come into a uh, you enter a room and there's like an old like water fountain running. I'm like, I drink the water. And they're like, Are you sure? And I'm like, yep, yes. I drink the water. And they're like, okay, you're sick. You lose a turn. You're vomiting. I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> hey, but now you know you tried I'm the chaotic water. Chaotic neutral is my alignment. Alignment. Yeah, alignment. I was going to say, I appreciate sure your alignment. So. Chaotic neutral. You really yes. think I'd be lawful good? I think so. You come across as a lawful good person to me. Gotcha. That's a well, compliment. I, okay. Well, you don't have to be lawful good. That's no, just fine. My costume. Gotcha. Okay. Well, we'll see. <laughs> Maybe my character would want to be something that I'm not. I don't know. So, yes. I mean, that's the point of role playing, right? Is to that's true. take a step away from yourself. That's true. So, yeah. I think chaotic, I think chaotic neutral would be fun, though. That's me. I know. I think life. it'd be fun. So, I think it'd be fun. <laughs> so, that's how I would be in a game. So, all right. Well, <laughs> all hey, right. thanks. 
Thanks so much for the questions, everyone. <laughs> As always, you can hit us up at board with VG on Twitter or board with VG at gmail.com or talk to us on the Discord. Uh, we like talking to you all there. So this is obviously a gaming podcast, but the, at the end of each episode, we'd like to leave you with uh, something else we're doing that's kind of helping us live a well-rounded life. So, Josh, what is something you've been doing not gaming related that you're enjoying? Okay, well, I'm going to recommend a band. <clears throat> I changed my recommendation from earlier because I thought I might have recommended it before. Um, I discovered them from a podcast I actually listened to. Um, called Improv for Humans, which is a comedy improv podcast, but they have um, bands on every once in a while, and they have them play songs, uh, and then they kind of take part of the song, and then like do like a weird like an improv scene off of it, which usually ends up being like great like live music and then a funny sketch. Um, so there's this band they called Murder by Death. It's a very aggressive name for not aggressive band. <laughs> Um, I tried to, I was, I was struggling to define their genre, but looking them up on Wiki, they're just considered indie rock. Um, but they're more along the lines of like, uh, Mumford and Sons or like a Nathaniel Rateliff kind of band, almost like folky, but the album is called The Other Shore. And they were talking about it on the podcast where it's written as like a, like a story. So the first track picks up, like starts a story and the album plays through the story and it's about a guy like earth has spent up all of its resources like you see in movies and it's a story about a guy traveling to mars where there's like already an existing colony but like what it's like the experience of him leaving and um it's um a very like you could listen to it and there's a lot of acoustic guitar and there's like some orchestral music in it it's like a laid-back listen um, but there's also some like real pick me up songs and really great, great beats and it's very catchy. So, uh, it's something that I've, I've been listening to a lot of, and then I went and listened to their first album as well, because I liked it so much. So murder by death, the other shore. Awesome. We don't have music recommendations too often. We should do that more often because music yes. is good. Uh, my recommendation actually was the impetus for what was going to be our topic of the show, which I will say for another time. But I would like to recommend How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, the third movie, the conclusion of the How to Train Your Dragon trilogy. If you are a patron and you listen to our patron-only DLC episode, you will hear me say, I'll say no more than this, that I think How to Train Your Dragon might be one of the best film trilogies there is, period. And I got some immediate pushback. And some immediate thoughtful thinks about it. But uh, yeah, this is a great conclusion to a really solid trilogy of movies. And yeah, if you enjoyed the first two, you'll definitely like it. You definitely need to have seen the first two for this one to make any sense at all. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I definitely enjoy How to Train Your Dragon. And The Hidden World is a great conclusion. Highly recommend it. It is funny and emotional and well animated well acted uh solid soundtrack to it like overall just a, a really great film and it clips along like it really really moves uh in a day and date where it seems like movies are getting longer and longer uh this one definitely clips through everything quite quickly but also uh the editing is done in a way where you're never lost you always know what's going on um but it's done pretty well so if you have like the past ones i cannot recommend it enough how to train your dragon 
the hidden world. And with that, Josh, what do you say we wrap up this fine podcast? Let's do that. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, in addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board with Fiji. So feel free to give us a five-star review over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form uh, or you're not feeling social, uh, social media, that is, you can be social wherever you want, uh, feel free to email us at boardwithafiji at gmail.com. Uh, we tag our stuff with the hashtag, hashtag board with Fiji. So please use that hashtag as well on all social media, uh, whatever podcast service you're listening to us on. We encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is whether you're downloading us from the PSVG feed, the Dice Tower Network feed, or our standalone board with video games feed. Please, please, please let us know how we're doing and if you're enjoying our content. You can find me on Xbox Live and PlayStation Network at Why So Serious. That's S-I-R-R-I-U-S. Kyle, hit him up with those deets. You're muted. <laughs> I am muted. Oh, gosh. It's been a long <laughs> night. <laughs> but you can find me at all the usual places. Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.